What's going on, people? It's y'all, Black Kalechi, back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all have had a lovely day. I hope y'all are ready for the weekend. I hope y'all are excited. And I hope things are going well for you. I know in this time things are very, very dire, and I know I know things are just tough right now for a lot of people. Um, the situation just keeps seems to keep going, turning upside down, upside down every single day, and um, yeah, it's just tough. It's it's a rough period we're in, and a period of uncertainty. It's a period of volatility. It's a period of just loneliness to a degree, with everybody just kind of working from home and being by themselves in this time. And yeah, it's just uh, it's a very weird time frame and a very weird time period that we are in now, but. Don't lose hope. I guess that's the only thing that I can say is don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Um, just just keep striving. Keep working. Do what you can do. Uh, for all my Christians out there, keep praying. Uh, keep praying. Just keep on seeking the face of God. And I know saying that right now, especially in this time period that we're in, is like, yeah, whatever, bro. Like, I don't want to hear it. But, I mean, I'm be honest. Like, you just, uh, just got to. I mean... You have nothing else. I mean, you might as well, right? Um, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. I know this time period, it sucks. Like, it really sucks. But just stay strong. Stay strong. Um, for all my Christians, even if you're not a Christian, um, God has not given up on you before, and he's not about to start giving up on you today. Um, hold on to him. Hold on to his word. Hold on to his truth. He will, he will come for you. He will do what only he can do. I know it's hard to imagine it right now, being in the middle of this whole thing and in the middle of all the negativity and all the news broadcasts and everything just seems to be happening every day. And it just seems like there is no end in sight, but just stay strong. Keep faith, keep your faith up. Keep focusing on him. No matter what happens, keep your faith on him. Keep focusing on him. Don't lose sight on the one who can strengthen you on the one who makes everything new so just don't lose sight don't lose sight focus on him focus everything you have on him always look to him for he will always be there for you uh but anyway moving on from that we got a lot to talk about today we got a lot a bunch to talk about today we got the unemployment numbers that we talked about on Tuesday's podcast, but we're going to dive into it this week and why the stock market didn't really react too much on that news. You have, we also have the $2 trillion uh, stimulus bill that was passed by Congress or passed by the House and also signed by uh, the White House. And now it's official. What that means for you and all that good stuff. We're going to break it all down in this podcast today. And then we also have some other little interesting stories that I've been reading about, stories about Waffle House. I mentioned it a little bit on Tuesday, but we'll talk more about it today. Stories about rent being due because it is the second of the month when you're listening to this. But when I'm recording is the first of the month, which means rent is due and how that is affecting everyone. But before we get into any of that, I want to start off with just showing y'all my portfolio, um, both my Robinhood and I created an M1 Finance portfolio. But the the bull, remember 
everyone was super excited about how we're coming out of the bear market we're not out of the bear market the, the market is going to keep doing something called a w which is where it goes down then goes back up then goes down again and goes back up and so as you can see we've been seeing that w happen over and over we've seen the market go up come down go up come down go it had a unbelievable run last week where markets just went all the way to all-time highs for a day and then after that starting out this week it came down and then yes and then it started off this week going up and then yesterday it came down and then it's just been down since then so you can just see like as more and more information is being known one thing you have to know about the stock market is the stock market bad news is a lot more important than no news which is why the number of unemployment was didn't really shake the stock market last week. So uncertainty is the one thing that investors and economists hate, hate the most. They just don't like not knowing. And that's one thing that has been happening is just we just don't know how this is going to affect us. But now the image is being painted a little bit more. We're knowing how many people might lose their job. We're knowing how the economy is going to be, how the economy is going to be and how bad it's going to be. And we've also seen how the government is going to respond to that and how well they're going to keep responding to this information and how far they're willing to go for this kind of situation but anyway looking at my portfolio you can see i started out at about 421 dollars i'm about down all time i'm down seven dollars and 16 cents and um basically it's just been a not a great <laughs> not a great time to be looking at your portfolio regularly but it's still a great time to buy a lot of these good stocks disney that was at 150 at one point is all the way down to 95 that's a great dividend paying stocks microsoft is as you guys know i am bullish on microsoft always will be a bullish on microsoft it's another really good stock that's really really cheap right now and another one that's been super cheap recently if you're if you're not looking to do individual individual stock investments a couple of ETFs that I'll recommend is SPY and SDY. These are two really, really good ETFs that will expose you to multiple parts of the industry, uh, multiple different industries. And I think that if you're not looking to really dive into it and take control of your portfolio and actually like actively research companies or anything like that, just do an ETF and it's a lot easier on you. Somebody else will be managing what companies are in the ETFs and those kind of things. But look at, like we talked about last on Tuesday, research 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 do your research know know what you're buying know what you're buying into um so there's some other companies on here that i would like to invest in but i ain't got i'm not that liquid right now so i can't really invest like that but that's basically my robin hood portfolio i'm still down i expect to be down probably for another couple quarters i mean couple months before things start looking on the up and up but that probably won't happen till probably beginning of next year but anyway the other one is m1 finance i saw we talked about it a little bit in the past, uh, talked about M1 Finance and how I prefer the look of M1 Finance when compared to Robinhood. And so I opened an M1 Finance account and basically I only invested $100, but I love the way it breaks it down. It breaks it down into something called slices where you have like, you dedicate how much of a percentage you want each slice to be. So as you can see, first of all, this was $100 that I started this account with. And I've already lost like $6 with it. So that just tells you how the market, how volatile the market is right now. And so, I mean, at first, the, the <laughs> earlier today, this was at $101. And I was like, oh, that's good. That's really good. 
And then before the day ended, the market just all the information that's been released from all the news sources, and of course all the information from different companies and how much they're letting people go and all that stuff. Of course, the market reacted and it came down. And so started out at about 101 today, and it's just come all the way down to 93. So that's it is what it is. I'm not really fretting that. It's still just the beginning of uh, of me trying to build this. As you can see, the name is Passive Income. Basically, every company that I bought in this in this um, pie in this in this investment account is basically dividend-paying companies. Uh, uh, Robinhood, on the other hand, has different companies that don't pay dividends. It's just companies that I like, like Under Armour, a gamer, which is like a gamer-focused CTF, Nokia, which Nokia is just ugh. like all these companies. Fitbit, Ford, Ford just canceled their uh, dividend. Uber, a lot of these companies do not pay dividends, but I'm okay with that. Uh, Square, they don't pay dividends, but it's companies that I'm interested in to seeing how they grow. Versus M1, M1 Finance is strictly focused on dividend paying companies, companies that will help me build some kind of passive income over time. My goal with this portfolio is to build a passive income with it, try to make where this portfolio, right now this portfolio is not making even up to a dollar because I just opened it. But over time, I'm hoping to get to the point where this portfolio can get me every month about $1,000. So that's going to take a long time. It takes a whole lot of money to get to that point, a whole lot of investment to be able to get to the point where your shares are giving you $1,000 every month or you're getting paid $1,000 every month. But for right now, this is where I am. It's pretty basic, pretty bland. But the main thing with my portfolio is total I have about 19 companies and I don't want to go over 20 so even if I want to add a company or something like that I'm probably gonna remove a company before adding another one just because I don't want to spend too much time looking at this stuff and researching this stuff and knowing all the ins and out of different businesses I want to do what uh, basically what Warren Buffett says is stay in my lane basically what do I have the bandwidth for? What is the things that I am always paying attention to? What is the news that I'm always reading about that these companies are always in my line of sight? So that way, stuff that's in my periphery that I don't have, I don't touch a lot, I don't have to get caught up with and then end up not looking at when a business is failing and not knowing about it until it's too late. And so that's just the idea of these. I want to keep it, I want to keep it relatively always under 20 over time but who knows what might happen in the future but anyway that's basically my portfolio as far as m1 is concerned and as far as Robinhood is concerned as you see Robinhood is a little bit bigger because i've been doing it for a little bit longer since 2018 versus uh m1 which i just started literally this week so we'll see how these two play out i'll keep up updating y'all on these portfolios and how they're doing over time just to give y'all a look at the inside of like look Investing is not a always a positive thing, especially like after you just put in a hundred dollars, your hundred dollars just becomes seven uh, ninety-seven bucks. That can hurt a lot. So you gotta have the stomach for this stuff. It takes some time, it takes some getting used to. I've seen red all the time, but it's fine. I don't need the money right now. I'm not looking for immediate gratification. I'm looking way down the line. I'm looking five, ten years down the line. I've said that multiple times, but that's the goal with my portfolio. But anyway, one of the things I wanted to do before we got into it, I don't know how if we have that much time, sorry, 15 minutes in, but I wanted to do a quick recap. And also I wanted to tell y'all about Morning Brew, which I read every, almost literally every day. And I get a lot of information from them. They have really, really good 
breakdown of some of the major news that's happening in the world this is how i give a lot of my business information i put a link down in the description also by the way there's a link in the description or if you're listening to this on a podcast in the show notes on if you sign up for Robinhood and you didn't have Robinhood prior to this you get a free stock i get a free stock everybody likes free stocks that's wonderful and then also if you sign up using the link for m1 you get ten dollars and i get ten dollars which is pretty cool so and also if you want to sign up for morning brew as well link is down in the show notes slash description anyway the thing i wanted to do was just go through some of the some of the things that has happened over the last 90 days because we are in a new quarter so i just wanted to review where we've been and how things can change so quickly in 90 days remember at the beginning of this year when all we were focused on was the trade war between the u.s and china and how the u.s was trying to make a trade deal with china and all that stuff man i feel so far away remember when we're talking about BlackRock and how they're now focusing on climate change Ah, those were good days. Those were really good days. And when Tesla was just exploding in February, those, was, those were really, really good days. And then all of a sudden, March came up and it was like, oh, real life coming through. And a lot of stuff happened in March. So, you know, the entire world shut down. We started living at home. Well, not just living at home, but working from home, doing everything from home, not trying to go anywhere anymore because of coronavirus. And so... It completely changed everything. Where we're looking at the markets just flying high. All of a sudden, we saw the steepest drop in the market of all time. We're seeing gas prices to be some of the lowest of all time. And then we've seen the the highest. You know what? I'll just take the. I'll just read exactly what they said. By mid March, this is quoting Morning Brew. By mid March, the private sector had mobilized into a wartime economy. Non-essential businesses were closing. 3.3 million Americans filed for unemployment in a week, and the government passed a record $2.2 trillion stimulus package. Just think about that. Like, all of this stuff just happened in a span of 90 days. 90 days where we were flying high, where everything was fine. It was all good just a week ago. Like, everything was good a week ago. Like, everything was good, but, you know, real life hits. Real life hits real hard. Real hard. But anyway... I just wanted to do a quick recap just to let y'all know where we are. And then speaking of that stimulus park package, let's dive right into it. So they finally, the Senate finally approved the $2 trillion uh, coronavirus stimulus package as well as the House passed it and the and Donald Trump signed it in the House. And we'll just talk about some of the things that they talked about or they approved and what that means for you and your family and how this can either help you and how this affects you. And generally, it helps basically almost everybody. Uh, the Senate approved the largest economic stimulus package in recent memory, moving the estimated $2 trillion bill to the House as a Congress seeks to give American families and businesses a financial shield against the ravages of the new coronavirus pandemic. It was passed 96 to 0. Uh, so one of the things that a senator said about the the issue, and I'm going to title this podcast War Against Coronavirus or War on Wars Declared on Coronavirus. Uh, senator, Ma- Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said, a fight has arrived on our shores. Uh, we did not seek it. We did not want it. But now we are going to win it, which he was mentioning the fact that they just passed the bill and the fact that I'm now going to call this podcast War on Coronavirus. And so the way they're basically declaring war on it is by doing an economic stimulus package, basically uh, uh, allowing, giving money to the American public so they can actually thrive 
during this period in time. A couple of things to think about of how much has already been spent during this. Congress has already passed or the Fed has already passed about a six trillion dollar in total amount has been spent to keep the economy afloat during this pandemic. Four trillion dollars was spent directly on the federal by the Federal Reserve's and we've talked about that multiple times. And then, of course, today we're going to be focusing on this $2 trillion that was spent on by the House itself, by the federal government. And so the first part of that is we have about $301 billion that goes directly to the American public. So a quote from the Wall Street Journal, the legislation will provide one-time checks of about $1,200 to Americans with adjusted gross income up to $75,000 for individuals and $15,000 for married couples. Individuals and couples are eligible for an additional $500 per child, which I just found out that that child per child means you have to be 16 years or younger, which is kind of annoying to be honest, but at the same time, right, what can you do? Uh, the government will re, uh, the government rebates will be parred by $5 for each $100 of income over those thresholds. Um, in other words, like as you go higher and higher up, they're going to reduce $500, uh, $5 for every $100 that they're supposed to give you. So if you're, and that's going all the way up to about $99,000 for individuals and $146,500 for uh, head of households with one child and $198,000 for joint filers who don't have any children. So in basically $1,200 if you make less than $75,000 or less than $150,000. However, if you make more than that and you make less than $100,000, just subtract $5 for every $100 that they were supposed to give you and that'll tell you the total amount of money that might be coming into your pocket based on how much you make. So that's basically the $301 million that they are given. But they weren't stopped there. They're also expanding the unemployment benefits by giving about spending about $250 billion to go into unemployment. For those who qualify for unemployment, especially right now, with you know, we just talked about 3.3 million people who just filed for unemployment. Those who filed for unemployment and qualify for unemployment will receive on average an expanded unemployment benefit of up to $600 per week for four months. Plus, whatever in-state benefits might they may already be getting. Now, this was one of the reasons why the state or why there was so much bickering and why this didn't get passed as quickly as possible. Because uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, which was one of the people who was trying to get this uh, passed across the board, said, This bill pays you more not to work than if you were working. And basically, this is just because you're getting $600 every week, basically, for a month to help you through this time period. My thought is, I don't care if you're paying people more than if they were working. We need people to have a means of survival. We need people to be able to feed their families, to be able to, at least in this time period where everything is just up in the air and nobody really knows what's going on, this will really help them out. But it was one of the things that really held up the whole discussion and passing of this bill. And then from there, we had 300, about $350 billion dollars in loans to small businesses, and basically, let me read a quick quote from the uh, Washington Street, uh, the Wall Street Journal. The stimulus package package included 350 billion in loans to small businesses in an in an effort to keep Americans on payroll as economic activity across the country comes to a standstill. Under the new program, 
loan money that the, that small businesses use to cover payroll expenses, rent, interest on mortgage obligations and utilities will be forgiven. The legislation, legislation would also provide billions in debt relief on existing loans, which is just, this is amazing. Like basically if you're a small business and small business, I think is classified by a hundred, a hundred employees or less, I believe is the number. I think medium sized business is 500 or less. I think I don't really know the designation, but anyway, if you're a small business and you have to take a loan to keep your employees to continue to pay for your building, to continue to pay for utility bills or any of this stuff. Basically, you don't have to pay that stuff back to the government, which is really, really good. Basically, they would let it go if you use the money, not for capital stuff, not to help yourself grow in any way, but just to keep the lights on essentially and just to keep making sure that you're paying uh, people and you're keeping people hired and all that good stuff because a majority of people are hired by small businesses in the United States. Most people work for a small business in one capacity or the other. And so this is to help those a, a large majority of the economy. And then from there, another part of the negotiation that really broke down and was like a huge part of like fight and bickering in the Senate of why this thing took so long to get passed was bailouts for different industries. Uh, there was different ways of how they wanted to go about bailing out industries. Some people didn't want to do it as strongly as it was passed and some people wanted it to be stronger. But you know, that's, that's what we have in a democratic system. But anyway, so 500 billions were supposed to go in corporate loans to help a lot of different companies or help a lot of municipalities and states that have been harmed. 61 billions was, 61 billion was earmarked for loans and direct cash assistance to the airline industries. However, this came with strings attached to it. Strings like caps on executive pay and requirements that maintain payroll, which is really, really good. Another 17 billion was reserved for company, companies critical to national security, which basically was a way for them to be able to help companies that maybe should not necessarily fall into the range of being helped. We're talking about companies like Boeing who had prior issues prior to the whole coronavirus situation. But however, Boeing is such a massive company that you can't do anything but help Boeing because they hire so many people. And then also it's a streamlined effect where Boeing has suppliers and if Boeing goes out of business, those suppliers go out of business and all that kind of stuff. So the government is incentivized to help Boeing. So the main thing to think about that 500 billion, which a lot of people are upset about companies getting bailed out, but the main thing to think about is even though the companies are getting bailed out, all businesses that receive government loans are subject to restrictions like a ban on stock buybacks for the duration of the loan plus one year after they've taken that loan. So what does that mean? Basically, a business is not allowed to try and use this money as a leverage tool to try and make their business better. They have to pay back the loan for a lot of larger businesses. And at the same time, they're not allowed to give it a lot of their executive raises. They're not allowed to pay dividends to a degree or they have to reduce the amount of dividends that they pay out. Because if you couldn't pay your just meet your regular payroll expenses, your regular expense expenditure, how are you going to be paying dividends to your shareholders during this time and using federal funds to be paying your shareholders? That doesn't make any sense. And it makes sense that they are limiting how much of that ha can happen. But the big news in that whole thing is that it's going to last for a year afterwards, 
which is why a lot of companies have to really think about if they want to take some of these loans from the government or if they just want to leave it and just try and suffer their way through this time period and then make it up on the other side. And so that's one of the decisions that a lot of large corporations have to make is, are we going to take this bailout from the government and then not do uh, dividend buy, uh, dividends or not pay out dividends later on or do stock buybacks later on? Or are we just going to swallow this pill and just try to survive on our own with the cash reserves that we currently have? And then the last part of the bill that was pretty interesting and pretty good is it also gave about $100 billion to healthcare providers to try and stockpile on medical equipment and try and get as much uh, protections for all those who will be going to the hospitals and those kind of things. So that's just the overall breakdown of how that $2 trillion came into be and how every single thing within that two trillion dollars goes to helping the economy as a whole to helping your end to helping individuals but not not just individuals but also helping corporations survive through this time period and when i say corporations i'm thinking more of the small businesses who are the ones who really need this money during this time period but i'm also lying because large businesses also need the money because what this whole situation has revealed is just how much every single person in the united states of america is under debt not just individuals but even companies as a whole like companies who couldn't even survive for a day for like literally a month they didn't have anything in their cash flow to be able to survive during this time period because everybody's in debt right now everybody just everybody every business is under debt right now so just something to think about anyway moving on from there i just want to make a quick note because i just found this interesting we talked about how the president was talking about how oh we'll be back everything will be normal when we come back by 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 easter well he's changed this tune a good bit and i'm gonna quote him right here uh he after a number was shown to him that the death toll could be up to two million people who died from this situation if we do nothing President Trump finally, finally decided that he needed to extend the social distancing criteria and guidelines until April 30th so we can have this thing continue to be contained because this thing can get a whole lot better and it's supposed to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. Or this thing can get a whole lot worse before it gets better. And so we're hoping we don't get up to this number this number of a hundred, this uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci is saying that maybe close to a hundred thousand people might die from the virus. I pray we do not get anywhere close to that number, but currently we are sitting at about three thousand people who have already died from this thing. And part of the problem is we just don't have enough tests, we don't have enough ventilators, we don't have enough mat, we just don't have enough of anything to go around to help people out. Uh, so it's just it's an unfortunate situation. But the good thing is. We have a lot of private industries that are finally jumping in and trying to help out in different ways, whether it's Tesla trying to make ventilators or Ford trying to make ventilators or GM trying to make ventilators or all the other small fabric businesses that are trying to make masks or even distilleries that are trying to make uh, hand sanitizers and those kind of things. So we're seeing a mountain like a mountain of the private industry to where everyone is showing up and saying we will try and help during this time we will try and do what we can do to help the public as a whole and so that's good to see but however unfortunately at the same time it's just coming at a late time like it's just a lot of late information but as long as we can get it fixed and i pray that we get it fixed not fixed but we can get this thing situated and everything kind of 
come all the way to the end. But anyway, moving on from there, we got the other thing we were talking about the unemployment claims. I just wanted to show y'all this chart. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're not watching on YouTube, I just want to show you like just how explosive the amount of people who just filed for unemployment and it's expected to be higher and I'll talk about that in a minute but even during times of just extreme recession when we've gone through recession the maximum number of unemployment has only hit was what was the maximum in all time all time history the most ever is 695,000 people in 1982 that's the most that we've ever hit in history in the history of of everything and so just thinking about that of where we are now with about 3.3 million people and the number is expected to explode today when you guys are listening to this is expected to grow even more when unemployment claims are are announced again and so it's just it's just really really unfortunate and think about it just last month and the month before we we're talking about how the US had added new jobs for 113 straight months which is about nine years straight the u.s had been continually added new jobs and continued adding jobs and so now to see it swing so volatile to swing so viciously on the other side it's just crazy to see man it's really really crazy 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 to see how everything has changed and then to make matters worse the fed just came out with a research that they put together and said that the number is going to hit about 47 million people who are going to uh, register for unemployment 47 million just a quote from from the fed of why they came up and how they came up with that number they break it down into three categories they say there are high risk op occupations that they see that will cause people to lose their jobs and i'm gonna read a quote directly from their research paper they said in a recent blog post charles gaston used 2018 occupational data from the bls to estimate how many employees are at high risk of layoffs due to social distancing measures gaston classified 808 occupation according to three criteria the first criteria is whether those occupations are essential to public health or safety the second is whether they involve work that can be completed off-site so you know what we're doing working from home and then the third is whether they are salaried or not and then from there he estimated that 66.8 million people are employed in occupations that are at high risk of layoff. These include occupations in sales, production, food preparation, and services, among others. And then from there, another study was done by Matthew Famiglietti and a few other people. And basically, they found that 27.3 million workers have occupations with a high contact intensity. Uh, intensities which means these include barbers hairstylists food and beverage serving workers and flight attendants and then from there they said that they basically just took an average of those two numbers and came up with 47 million people that can be laid up laid off during this time period giving us an unemployment number of about 32 percent 32%. And when the Fed comes out and says anything, it's not like a news article that you read where they like just quote something and just say, oh my gosh, it's, unemployment is going to be crazy. This is actually like the Fed does not do hyperbole. The Fed does not come out and exaggerate. The Fed does research. And then from that research, they come up with a number. And then this is the number that they are giving us. They're saying that in the second quarter of this year, 
we might see unemployment go all the way up to 32%. Now, this is not to scare anybody. This is not to put fear in anybody or anything like that, but it's just to show y'all how serious this issue is and just to show y'all just how much this thing can get out of hand, unfortunately. And I just pray that it gets a whole lot better before it gets worse. But anyway, a couple of things that I wanted to share with y'all because I found it very, very interesting. One news article I read today or read in, in read recently talked about how people are now buying a whole lot more tops than they are pants. Which makes sense because everybody is working from home, so everybody looks professional from the waist up, but it's a party from the waist down. You know, everybody's just buying a whole lot more tops than they are down. Walmart is announcing that they've seen an increase in the number of tops people are buying and a decrease in the number of pants that are being bought. Gap is announcing the same thing. Old Navy is announcing the same thing. It's just, I just thought this was very interesting about the way that working from home has changed the industry. And, and it's just, I just found the, I just found the article interesting, really. And then, of course, we have the Waffle House Index. Too bad that the Washington Post wants me to pay for a subscription, but I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. But anyway, we talked about this on Tuesday, so I'm not gonna really rehash it. I just found it interesting that Waffle House is so is so important when businesses look at different things. And then I read this article on my phone where they didn't do this nonsense about accepting a cookie, but on my phone about the ozone layer and how it's healing itself due to us not driving around and due to just pollution being at all-time lows because we're not going everywhere and all that stuff. So it was just an interesting article about how without humans moving all around, all about this place, we're actually doing better overall. But anyway, that's all I have for y'all today. Let's do a quick recap. First of all, we talked about just where we've come from, where we're at sitting at super highs, and now we're where we are now just in the span of 90 days where we hit the all-time peak uh the highest peak of all time when it comes to the stock market just in february and then in march we had a 2.2 trillion dollar stimulus package that was that was announced and about 3.3 million people filing from un for unemployment and then we talked about the 2.2 trillion dollar stimulus package that is out there to help every help from the individual to corporations and how that, how we broke down how each and every single one of the different parts of that helps in different areas and how that can actually work out to be like a double whammy. If you file for unemployment, you can get $600 per week. Plus you get that one time payment of about $1,200 if you make less than $75,000. So that's that we talked about that. We talked about just the Fed and how they're expecting unemployment to be even worse than it is right now. And I'm not saying that to scare anybody. I'm just saying that for us to continue praying and continue focusing because it might be a while before we come out of this. But stay focused. Keep on your journey. For all those who are trying to invest in one thing or the other, it's still a good time to buy a few stocks. But make sure that you have... Oh, this thing locked me out. But make sure that you have your your finances in order before you start doing any of these kind of investments or anything like that. Because as we, we just talked about, it's better to be liquid and have money in your bank account than for you to try and start investing in all these different things. But anyway, it's been your boy Kelechi, and I'm gonna talk to y'all later. Stay strong, keep your hope up, it will get better, this will pass, and keep washing your hands, folks. God bless y'all. Peace.